A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Happy Saturday. All right, we've got a lot of really good organization stuff that we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah, because it's still, you know, close to the new year. Right. And I think that this is always like the time of year. It's when container sales happen. You know, people are putting things away. (laughs) Right. And we have a lot of resolutions where we want to really get control of our lives and our spaces, right? So we thought this is a perfect time to talk about some organization stuff and cleaning and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And before we get into that, I want to tell you how sometimes it doesn't work well. The whole cleaning and being organized and being agreed. Yeah. No, you have no idea how this actually how bad it can be. So the other day I go to visit one of our other um, locations. Actually, it's it's a distribution center. Mm-hmm. And it, so basically they just got an office there and I'm dropping some stuff off, going to put it on the truck to get to another store. Sure. So I go walking up towards the door with my stuff, and I notice a little back black plastic bag laying in the ground. You know, and and it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Clearly, somebody yeah. has let garbage lay on the ground, and I'm sure it's some passerby or it fell out of a window. Someone littered. Somebody littered. <laughs> And I'm going to fix this because yeah. I'm going to be that person. Because right. we've all seen that person who walks past the garbage. Yes. And then we all think, why don't you just bend over and pick it up? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to be that person. So I bent over and picked it up. And it was a little weighty. It wasn't just an empty bag. Uh, I was surprised. You know where this is going, Ernie? You do? It's so gross. You know where it's going. Yes. You're, do you think? Yes. Are you think you're right? Oh, I'm right. Okay. Well, we'll find out if you're right. So I haul this little baggie in and drop it on, you know, in the garbage. And everybody's looking at me, and I'm thinking that they're thinking, wow, what a helpful young what a good man. good Samaritan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it was? Tell everybody what it was, what you think it was. It was dog poop. Yes! How did you know? It's a little black bag on the ground, and it has a little weight to it. I never pick this stuff up. I always walk past. Well, that'll teach you. This time, I'm helpful, and I bring dog potty back into the building. Everybody's looking at me like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I probably dropped it in the garbage can. And then I had to fish it out and put it outside again. So cleaning and being organized and being that person doesn't always end well. Putting things <laughs> where you think they should go. Right. They should go in be the, problematic. Right. They've got to go in the right space. <laughs> and we're going to get to all of that in a little bit. I thought that was a really funny, funny experience this week. It's a little yes. bit... A little bit of a taste of what it's like to be me. And I wish I hadn't used the word taste uh, in that. But anyway, moving on. We've got the organization stuff coming up. Yes. Uh, And then later on in the show, I'm really excited. We're going to be talking with Lauren Figueroa, an interior designer. Mm -hmm. She's been on the show a number of times. Yeah. But she's got a talk that she's giving today at the Remodeling and New Home Show in Grand Rapids multiple times. And we're going to get just a snippet. Of that talk. Yeah, we're getting like the spark notes. Right. So tune in, listen to Lauren. That's coming up in the third segment. And who knows, maybe what you hear is going to make you want to get to DeVos Place later today and catch the whole talk. And at the end of the show, 
we're going to be highlighting an incredibly exciting topic. <laughs> you always know it's not going to be when you preface it with that. It's drop cloth. <laughs> we just, make it exciting, just though. sit tight. I know. I know that really makes everybody twitchy. Okay, they just get to the drop cloths now? I don't want to wait till the end to talk about drop cloths. It's going to be great, though. Do you think it's going to be the canvas ones or just the plastic? Spoiler alert, it's going to be canvas. You're going to want to be <laughs> here for that. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We'll make it fun. And we've got a good sale on them right now, which makes it even more exciting. Exactly. Drop cloths are Who great. doesn't love a sale? We're going to talk about all the different things you can do with a drop cloth. And some of my ideas are pretty brilliant. Right? Yeah. That's coming up at the end. Right now. Let's start with this whole organizing thing, right? Because mm-hmm. getting organized is worth it. I have spent at least an hour, at least an hour, looking at the internet. And I have discovered that internet health theorists yeah. <laughs> agree with me. <laughs> getting organized is worth it. Here's what they say will happen once you get organized. Because a decluttered, organized home is going to bring relieved stress. Relieved stress. Is that such a thing? I- the stress just, that I'm getting relieve is relieved. Your stress. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. That sounds yeah. way more intelligent. Yeah. So a decluttered home will relieve your stress. See how smoothly I did that? Also, it will reduce your time spent cleaning. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, it saves time. Right. The internet theorists, that's what's going to happen when you're organized. It's going to help us focus better. We know that's true. I'm going to be able to focus. How many times, Absolutely. Haley, can't we focus when our desk is cluttered? Because you've got papers everywhere. We don't have to throw stones and point fingers. (laughs) These are our papers. This is our space. And that brings to another point that internet internet theorists say is that when a a space is disorganized, it affects everybody in the space, even the people (laughs) who didn't create the mess. And you'll attest to that, right? Look at that. No pointing fingers. (laughs) Right. So getting our spaces organized is important. We all know that. Whether the internet theorists are right on everything or not, we know it's important. But the big question is, how do we get there? You know, on the show, we've talked about organization and decluttering before plenty of times. But I think it's one of those topics that really can be explored more deeply. Absolutely. Because I haven't perfected it yet. Well, it's like a human condition. It's not just like, I don't know, you buy this container and you're done. We're talking about some pretty deep stuff here, I think. We are? Yeah. We're going to join the ranks of the internet theorists. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Anyway, our plan today is to talk less about specific tasks to tackle. Or things you should buy. Right, right, right. We're not going to worry about that. We're going to more focus on skills that you should develop. Exactly. Because these are life skills, people. People. (laughs) That's what I say to the children when I'm giving an important talk. Listen up, people. (laughs) And they always say, people. So then I change it to folks, and then they laugh at that, and then we lose focus. So thanks, Haley, for helping us lose focus. These are life skills. These are going to help you in so many different ways. They're going to help me. And that's really who I'm talking to because I am just as guilty of not implementing some of this stuff as as anybody out there. Absolutely. Now, Haley and I have made selections, made picks about what we think are the key skills, three, maybe four main skills that you've got to have. We have not shared them with each other. So this is absolutely, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right? Could be... Utter chaos. No, it's going to be no. utter brilliance. And I'm going to let you go first, Haley. The first skill that you think is utterly critical to having an organized, decluttered home and life. Yeah, it's heavy. What is it? Uh, having a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Internet health theorists say oh, the, highly everywhere. organized people strongly adhere to a place for everything and everything in its place philosophy. 
makes it easier to stay organized. So everything's got a place. It yes. makes perfect sense. My grandma had a little plaque that said that. Really? Yeah. So huh. she she oh, was way ahead of these internet <laughs> No, I think it's true though, and I feel it's like when I first moved to a place, like a new apartment. When I used to move, like every year, right when I was still renting. I Why'd would you have, have to, to move every year? I'm no, curious about that. Did you not pay the rent? Did the, you get driven out? I was just skipping down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to move on again. We've burnt bridges here. No, I think I was just always looking to upgrade. All right, all right. You know? So you're moving on. Exactly. What was the rest of your point? Okay, so my point was that I would have to pack, right? So I'm purging one that was helpful. But then also, when I moved into a place, when I was unpacking, I had to find a place for everything. And when I was done finding a place for everything, I was like, oh my gosh, for, I feel so organized right now. Like, this is the start of a new chapter. I mm-hmm. have a place for everything. And then quickly, it would dissolve because life takes over. I would buy new things and those new things don't have a place. So it's something that you have to maintain. I think that's a big part of it. But I think this whole having a place for everything is such a great idea to talk about when we're looking at our tools, our garages, our basements, wherever we keep our tools. Right now, I have a real tool problem. I've had a lot of problems. But tell me about your tool problem. It sounds pretty bad. (laughs) I have a lot of problems. Uh, No. The problem right now is that in the basement, because we've just moved in, and normally this would be a time where I would have a place for everything. I don't have a place for everything. These tools are basically just wherever I use them last. And it's not like me. I'm a, a person that really likes to have a specific place for each tool. Like if I could have a pegboard mm-hmm. and have draw the, the out, I would have the outline around each tool because I want everyone to know where it goes and for it to go back in the same place every single time it gets put away. Well, that I think is the big part of that is having a place for everything and right. then making sure everybody's aware of that place. Yes. Now you're really working towards something, and that's why that's an important skill to develop. It's not something that happens instantly, and like you said, it's something that needs to be maintained. Right, because if I buy a new tool and I don't have a place for it on the pegboard, I mean, what do I do yeah, now? I know. The There's, whole thing falls apart. That's my dad's whole life, is reorganizing his tool uh, wall and really? display. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll get something new, and oh, well. Dad's going to be down there for three weeks, getting everything aligned again. He's like playing Tetris on the walls. Yes, exactly. It's a fun game. Well, I think that's really interesting. My first one, it fits really hand in hand with that, and it's put items away now rather than later. If we can train ourselves to do that, it fits right with what you're talking about. Absolutely. You're in the spot where you're pounding a nail in to hang a picture, and you're setting the hammer down. Exactly. Because you'll get to it later. Right. But you mentioned when you were talking, life gets in the way, Mm -hmm. and we never get back to that. And that's why that is utterly critical. If you can develop that skill. Right. And and. I don't know how much of a skill it is, as much as it, it's a is, habit. It's I a mean, habit, a work ethic, whatever right. it is, because it's not easy to do. We're we're normally by the time I've accomplished whatever work I'm doing, I'm tired. I tire quickly, Haley, and then I don't want to well, spend time. Well, you're burning pretty bright, Dan. I you am. Know? <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to burn this bright all the time, and when I do stop, yeah, I'm ready to crash. But I still got to push myself that last little bit to put things away. Well, it's like pausing. You know, throughout the job almost. It's not waiting until the very end because I think there are parts in jobs usually where you're done 
with that tool for this job. Mm-hmm. So it's slowing down to a certain point, right? Because part of the problem, I think, is that we just get going and going, and we're not slowing down to really think about our workspace at all or what cleanup is going to look like. Well, I completely agree. And that's where, again, these are skills that will apply to so many different areas once you start developing right. this pattern. And I think of that with cooking. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what happens. Yes. And it's exactly what I do. I have to clear the workspace as I've finished with this, wash these dishes, move on while this is doing this. It's multitasking, but it's also putting things away. And it makes that next step, the final cleanup, so much easier because I've been on top of it. And the last thing I'll say about this is the one of the main reasons I think this is utterly critical is because of the first law of clutter. Do you know the first law of clutter? What do internet theorists say? No, this is me. Okay. <laughs> this is me making stuff up. My first law of clutter that I mm-hmm. tell the children when I first start teaching them about how much we should hate clutter. Wait, why isn't the show Dan's Laws of Clutter? I, it should be. It really should be. It should be Dan's Laws of Everything. But my law of clutter, my yeah. first law of clutter is that clutter grows. Sure. It breeds more clutter. That is true. You leave a little bit around, everybody sees it and think, hey, it's fair game. That's the spot to put stuff. Yeah. And you come back in two hours, no, it's there's absolutely 70 right. things there. And they're all rolling around, uh-huh. doing their thing, making more The law things. of attraction. It's yeah. terrible. If you eliminate that, it slows it down, slows down that growth, stops that first law of clutter from actually taking place in your home. All huh. right. That's all the time we've got for this segment. We've still got more things to talk about, right? Yeah, way more stuff. We feel like we're on a roll? We're on a roll. All right. We're not going to abandon this topic. We're going to just pause for a second, play some commercials, And when we come back, we'll pick it up with more of Haley's ideas, right? Another Dan's Law of Clutter, probably, too. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) That's all coming up in just a minute. Stick around. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And Haley, we're right in the middle of a list of skills that yes. we're recommending if you want to try to stay organized this year. Skills exactly. to develop that will really help you. We already covered a couple. We each had one. Mine was brilliant. Yours was really <laughs> good, though. It was a really good try. All right. Yeah. We'll try. see if I do better with this it, one. How's I, that? I don't know if you will. But give it a run. All right. So my next one is staying positive, which doesn't sound, I don't know. Yeah. How does that help? I'm positive. Internet theorists suggest (laughs) that people with more positive outlooks on life do better with keeping healthy daily routines, which is what this really boils down to, right? It's sticking with a routine. Mm -hmm. And I think this is actually the part that I struggle with the most. Is staying positive? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of a perfectionist, and that really has a negative impact on creating or sticking with projects or new routines because if I see that it's not being executed at the level that I know that it should be executed at mm-hmm. or if it's not, you know, great right You're away, yeah, then I, I just get abandon it. it and I never go back to it. And so if I would just allow myself to say, okay, all right, you didn't do great today, but tomorrow you have another shot. If I got back on the horse, then I'd have a better chance of staying organized throughout the entire year and not just starting it, falling off, and then deciding, well, I just failed. I'm done. Well, I think, yes, that ties right in with one of my other ideas that I had, and it's something that I stumbled into. It makes perfect sense. Same thing is to understand that this is a process yes, and not an immediate 
project. Right. You know, just because you're trying to get organized doesn't mean you need to convince yourself that, boy, if in four hours I don't see some dramatic results, Mm -hmm. you know, I failed. And that's what you're talking about. And that is the tendency. We tend to do that. A lot of us do. And really write yourself a blank check here and let yourself take the time that it takes to get where you're going. Understand that you're as long as you're working towards that goal, that's the positive step that we're talking about. That's the skill that you're trying to develop. You may not perfect it. Exactly. Who knows how long? I mean, it's going to take me forever. I'm going to be way dead before I've perfected anything. <laughs> but if you keep a certain level of optimism, then that's what's going to fuel the dedication it takes to really stick with these healthy routines. Yeah, it feels touchy-feely, but it's actually good stuff. Yeah. What's next? What's your last one? My last one is kind of what we just talked about in the last one, but it's having a productive daily routine. So part of that, the part that I'll touch on here is just making a to-do list and a reasonable to-do list every day. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to the perfectionist thing, too. If I don't complete everything on the list, then I feel bad about the day rather than looking at the things that I did accomplish. And I think the most important part of the to-do list is doing the thing that you don't want to do first and getting it out of the way. Oh, yeah. That's cr- absolutely critical. Because once you're over that hump, yeah, everything like, else is oh my gravy. Gosh. <laughs> like, this day is amazing already because I already did that really hard thing. Yeah. My thing that helps me most of all, this is something, it's not a skill to develop. This is just something to practice, put into practice. Mm-hmm. It's actually the opposite of what we said we were going to do in this, okay. this segment. <laughs> this is literally a practical thing. I've talked about it a hundred times. Anytime you've got something like this to do, cleaning, a project of any kind, really, if you can, set a timer. I do that all the time. Mm. And it's an easy way to get the kids involved, to get other people who don't want to be involved, involved. Because if you say, we're going to work for 15 minutes, set a timer. For a half an hour, set a timer. It's time that it really moves very quickly when you're racing. Right. There's a part of us. You're racing the clock now. Yes. We we instantly become competitive. Mm -hmm. And that part makes the time go faster. We know there's an end in sight. Exactly. And we know that once that goes, and that's really critical to making that that whole timer thing work, is you really do need to quit when the timer goes. Even if you want to keep going, just quit. Come back the next day, do the same thing again. I've had the kids clean all kinds of my junk. By setting that timer. It right, tricks them. Sounding, I mean, the sound of cleaning the garage sounds crazy. Oh, but yeah, nobody wants to do clean that. Clean the garage for 15 minutes, see how much you can get done is reasonable. You'll be amazed how much you'll get done in that little 15 minutes. Really something to think about. We've got a lot of other notes. We're going to put them in the show notes if you want to check them out. Right now, we're going to take a break. And when we're back, we're going to be on the phone with Lauren Figueroa, interior designer, talking about some ways that we can make our homes places that we love to be. That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are on the phone with Lauren Figueroa, an interior designer covering West and Southeast Michigan. Lauren, thanks for talking with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you've been on the show before, and we covered a number of different things, but right now we wanted to talk because we noticed that you're at the Remodeling a New Homes show today, mm-hmm. giving out... A number of different, what do you call them? Do you call them lectures or are they talks? 
Which is oh, the gosh, cooler thing? How serious? Hmm. Lecture is sounds it. intense, so <laughs> right? We'll call exactly. It a talk. <laughs> it's a talk, and yeah, you've got a talk entitled Seven Steps to Creating a Home That Makes You Happy." Did I get that right? You got it. it makes yeah. you happy. Yeah. That's the, um, the emphasis. Now. Right. That uh, makes me you. happy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, we're we're helping people create homes that make me happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a world I want to live in. Yeah, I like that. It's all about me after all. Now, it's not all about me, Haley. It's about everybody no. else. And if I get listener. joy out of it, that's bonus. But anyway, you've got this talk going today. You're going to be presenting at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. And then tomorrow at 12 and 2, right? You got it. All right. So people can get out there, get tickets. Um, they don't need tickets to attend the talk. I think they just need tickets to get into the uh, remodeling and new home show. And yeah, once they're there, they can wander over to your stage and listen to you go. But we decided we're going to talk about a few of the points. Yeah, because we don't really have time to cover all seven of these. You know, we want to do them justice. So if we focus on just a few of these, people can get, you know, at least some really good ideas if they aren't able to attend the show. So before we jump into that, though, Lauren, why don't you just talk a little bit about what you do, you know, what areas you cover, what kind of things you help people with? Yeah, so I focus on home spaces. Um, so anything from a kitchen to a bathroom, bedroom, home office. Um, and I work with clients um, from as little as a one hour virtual consultation up to a full day session or help them walk through a remodel or a new build or furnishing project. All right, you so do it all. Pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. I try. Yeah. It is a heavy burden to bear, isn't it? Doing it all. <laughs> I can relate. Oh, it is. Uh, I can relate. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move quickly into before Haley can jump on that. <laughs> the first you know, you had seven different ideas, seven different uh, points that you were gonna hit, and Haley has cherry picked some of them. What's the first one you wanna cover? Discover your style, because I think this is so subjective. So I'm really curious as to how we go about finding this out about ourselves. Yeah. So I think this one's so important because a lot of people will jump into a project without having any idea what their style is. And that can really lead to some quirky or not so wonderful spaces, especially for yourself if it's not in line with your style. So mm -hmm. when um, when I'm coaching clients through a project, um, the first thing I want to do is get a good understanding of the spaces they're drawn to. So I have this little exercise that I created. It's called the vibe test, okay. like the vibe of this space. Um, and so what I have them do is draw a little table. And on the left side, I have them list out just a handful of places that they love to be, whether it's um, a coffee shop or a hotel they've visited, or maybe it's a friend of theirs who has a really fun style. Um, sure. So that's the left side of the table. And then on the right side of the table, I have them think about this space and jot down just a handful of things about that space that they're drawn to. Maybe it's the colors or the way um, they have the space set up from like a flow person perspective or the lighting. Mm -hmm. um, and then that can give them some really helpful tips about their style that they may never have even realized. Yeah, that's so interesting because I think that it's a hard question when you just have something that's totally open-ended. What is my style? How do I even begin to describe that or define right. it? I have a really hard time with that sometimes. I always say eclectic and I got 
a little bit frustrated once I was watching a HD TV design show and the designer was asking the client about what their style is, you know, what you're talking about right now. And she said, eclectic. And he said, well, that's not a style. That's just what you say when you don't know what your style is. (laughs) You know, I think that's so funny because, um, you know, as a designer, I have some language around what styles are and what constitutes different kinds of styles. But if you're not in the industry, you don't have that language. So I Mm -hmm. think it's a designer's job to really figure out how a client talks about their style, whether or not it aligns with what the real style language is so that you can just kind of have that shared commonality and really understand and not get hung up on the actual (laughs) definitions. Well, and if I can say I really like this coffee shop, you know, and then I can describe the things that I like about it. I mean, then we have a shared, you know, point of access. I think exactly. that is so smart. Have you ever seen people come away from that that exercise with a surprise that they are surprised about what they've discovered? Or is it pretty much, yeah, 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 that explains me perfectly? No, I think so. Some people do have a really good sense of their style, but I think probably the majority of people who aren't like scrolling Pinterest constantly or consuming HGTV all the time don't really know um, what they'd be drawn to. So I I have seen a lot of people say like, wow, I never would have thought I would like this room. But now that I'm looking at, you know, consistently what I'm drawn to, I really love, you know, white walls or really dark wood floors. Um, So it's fun to see people go through that exercise and have some aha moments. Yeah, I like that. That makes the whole thing worthwhile. You know, if you if everybody ends largely where they thought it's not quite as exciting. (laughs) It's really exciting to end with, oh, I never saw that coming. Like truly discovering. And that reinvigorates the whole remodeling, the whole whatever you're doing with that space. I mean, you get really excited because you're going in a new direction, perhaps, and you like where you're going and you have confidence to get there. So that's the first one. Discover your style. There's some ideas as to how to do that. The next thing you picked, Haley, was tips and tricks. Yes. And I think this one I picked just because If you're not a designer, you don't have some basic concepts to get you started. And I think, Lauren, you've got some really great ones. Perfect. Well, I'll just jump in with maybe one or two that I think are the most helpful. Um, So the first one is called the rule of thirds. Um, And this is all about getting the scale right in a space um, of like the items that you put into it. So for example, like how big should the rug I pair with my sofa be or how big should the artwork above my sofa be? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So the rule of thirds says that um, the smaller of the two items, so whatever is accenting the larger piece, Mm -hmm. should be just about two thirds the length of the larger piece. So if you have a six foot sofa, you want your artwork above to be about two thirds the length of that. So you'd want to have about four foot, four feet filled with artwork or a mirror or whatever goes above it. I think I've done this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a story problem to me. Like one of those math story problems. Steve has a large couch. He's buying a picture. So, I mean, you're just eyeballing this, right? I don't need to crunch numbers here. You don't need to crunch numbers. No, I think this can just be really helpful for people who like to have a formula, (laughs) which isn't necessarily me. But if you do the formula, you can see that it's like it's basically like having a really nice stacked layered cake where none of the layers feel like top heavy or bottom heavy. That's a perfect way to describe that, actually. 
So that was one tip. We're on the phone with Lauren Figueroa, interior designer covering West and Southeast Michigan. Lauren's going to be talking, giving this this exact talk, but plus, right? The director's cut, the full version of it (laughs) at the Remodeling a New Home show coming up. She's going to be there today at 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock tomorrow at 12 and 2. Lauren, we're working through a number of tips and tricks, and you just mentioned the rule of thirds and talk mm-hmm. about that. What, what's another one or so that you've got from your list? Yeah. Um, so maybe we can chat a little bit about warm colors and cool colors. Um, so this isn't necessarily a hard and fast tip. It's more just something to be thinking about mm-hmm. when you're reworking a room. Um, but so there's the two broad categories of colors, warm colors, which is going to be like your reds, your yellows, your oranges. And then you have your cooler colors, which are like your blues, your purples, your greens. Um, and the different categories are said to have different kind of impacts on our moods and our um feelings of energy. So warm colors are said to like increase your appetite, um, make you feel warm and comfortable. They increase your energy. Um, and your cooler colors are going to do things like promote calmness and focus, Mm -hmm. um, creativity. Um, so when you're thinking about a room, um, now a really well-balanced space is probably going to have a good balance of the two colors. You're not going to have all warm colors or all cool colors. (laughs) Be a little jarring. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But if you're thinking about the overall purpose and function of a room, like say a bedroom or a bathroom, you know, you want to feel calm and at peace in those spaces. So you might, um, use a cooler color as your main, um, like base for that room, and then sprinkle in some warm colors where a space like a restaurant or a kitchen, you want it to feel energetic. Um, and when you have more energy, you eat more, you you spend more money. <laughs> so you can think about how those colors will impact the function of the space and sort of help it to do the purpose that it's intended to do. No, that's perfect. And it's one of those really easy starting places, too, when you're in a paint store. That was one of the first things that I would yeah. ask people about colors they were looking at. Okay, well, are you looking at warm colors or cool colors? Do you want and chaos that... or calm? <laughs> Which is the vibe? A vibe check, yeah. No, I think that it's just, it's one of those starting places, right? It helps break down or limit your vision a little bit so that you're not looking at everything you've really focused in on at least one thing right away. Anytime you can Mm -hmm. reduce all of that chaos of the color rack, the noise, down to just a handful of selections, that really helps. So there's a couple tips and tricks. You said you had nine from your list. You'll give the whole list at your talk. Let's move on to the last thing Haley wanted to hit, and that was breaking all the rules and playing, right? Is yeah, that... we just talked about rules, but I'm going to be honest, I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> so I'm curious <laughs> about breaking the rules and playing. So I love this quote. Pablo Picasso said, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Um, so basically, if you have some of these design principles and concepts in your pocket, things like scale and color and balance, um, you can know why they work. And if you want to break the rules a little bit, you can do it more intentionally. So um, an example I give um, during my talk is um, maybe having a piece of artwork that is just like a giant. So it's like, you know, way bigger than the sofa that it is accenting. But it makes this big statement. And the fact that it's sort of breaking those rules of proportion makes it really striking and interesting um, versus just having kind of done it without really having any thought behind it. Yeah, so it's intentional that way. I think it is important to learn the rules first. It sounds, you know, maybe backwards. Like, well, if I don't care about the rules, then I don't need to know the rules. 
but it's less <laughs> about not knowing them. It's more about knowing them and understanding how to create tension with well, them. Well, that's the thing. You're breaking them in a way that works, not right. just breaking them because you didn't know they were there. Yes, exactly. You know, you're control, you're <laughs> you still... could get lucky if you tried it without knowing the rules, but you'll have a better chance at doing it well if you know Exactly. Them. Controlled chaos, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And you actually have a workbook that works with all of these tips and tricks and all the concepts that you're going to talk about in your talk at the show. So we want to link to that in the show notes. If anyone's curious, if they're not able to go to the show, definitely look at this free ebook that you've got. Um, I think it's such a great tool for people. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to that. Lauren, you'll be talking, I'll just say it one more time, for anybody out there who wants to get out there and meet you. And if you guys do go and talk to Lauren, make sure you let her know that we sent you. (laughs) And then Lauren, you make sure we know that they came and then we'll feel good about ourselves, right, Haley? I'll make sure yeah. you get credit for it. Exactly. We'll pat on the back. Yeah. yeah, so you'll be doing that today at 1 o'clock, and then at 6 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday, the 16th, at 12 p.m. and 2 p.m., correct? Perfect. Yep, All you right. got it. That's at the Remodeling and New Home Show. Lauren Figueroa, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and kind of giving a sneak peek at the talk you'll be presenting later. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me back. It was great to talk with you both. Now, all right, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, it's time to talk about drop cloths. It's going to be fun, it's going to be great, and it's just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, it is time for the segment all of West Michigan is waiting for, the drop cloth segment. Everybody <laughs> has been waiting on pins and needles ever since we told them at the beginning of the show that we were going to talk about canvas drop cloths yes, on top of it all. Yes, there's a reason that we saved this one for last. Oh, yeah. It is the best. This is the big time. <laughs> yeah, we've got a sale going on right now. Just a promo, a uh, pretty simple, basic promo, 20% off your price for canvas drop cloths. And if you're a contractor already getting discounted goods, this is 20% off your price. So it'll be an additional savings. If you're a DIYer, it's a great way to pick up a good painting tool, a great painting tool. It's a staple item. I mean, everyone should have a drop cloth. Right. So we've got that going on. And Haley and I, were we were working on some of the literature pieces for that, the little mm-hmm. poster things that go in the store. And Haley said, this is the most boring promo <laughs> we've ever come up with. How, how do these marketing people that work for these drop cloth companies market drop cloths? Like, imagine if that was the thing Your that job. you had to talk about every day. <laughs> Make it exciting. So she's talking about that. And I said, well, why don't we just brainstorm all the different crazy uses that you could come up with for a drop cloth? Right. And brainstorming is all about, let's be honest, throwing ideas out right? There are no wrong answers in brainstorming, exactly. right? Right? It's true. Sadly, my first first <laughs> go-to idea for alternate uses for a drop cloth was to use them to transport a body. <laughs> transport a body. I shouted that out thinking I had something brilliant. Haley looked at me like I had some kind of problem. <laughs> and I had to explain I've been watching detective shows with the children. I don't really mean we should transport bodies. Or suggest that anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but that really was my first thought. 
Happily, you had other ideas, uh, right? Yes. Well, it's still been at the top of my list, though, which has been really funny to come back to. Seeing transport a body at the top of any list is just <laughs> it is <laughs> comical. It is funny, because every now and then you'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden you're just laughing. And I realize you're just reading your list over one more time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What other things did you come up with, though? So I scoured the internet, and I couldn't believe how many uses people have found for canvas drop cloths. It's kind of incredible. I mean, really anything you can make out of fabric, you could make out of a canvas drop cloth. is 100% cotton, so there's really no limitations. And it's a heavy fabric, too, so it's going to hold up well, which really opens the door for even more options. And one that I think I'm going to try myself is making curtains. Curtains are so expensive, like kind of a ridiculous amount of money, actually, sure. because all it is is a piece of fabric with a hem on either side. Right. <laughs> so why wouldn't I just do that myself? And you've seen really cool examples of this. Right, there's exactly. Stenciled. I mean, there's anything you can do. You can dye them. Yeah, you could paint them, dye them. So they could be any color or pattern that you could possibly want in a normal fabric. And these canvas drop cloths are so much cheaper than going to a fabric store and picking out a heavyweight fabric. This is a very thrifty project. All right. So, okay, what else? Tablecloths, table runners. You saw one that actually looked like a ruler someone had stenciled out. Yeah, little inch numbers. increments. So it was cute. <laughs> right, it was really cool. Cloth napkins, uh, tapestry. You could even reupholster furniture with these. Um, it's a perfect fabric, really. Beach blankets. I actually want to do that one because I need a beach blanket. Yeah. And I can never find just like a throwaway kind of blanket that I would want to use for that. And again, it's a heavyweight fabric. I like it. I, I do like that. A specific beach blanket. You're going to kill me because I'm talking about this because it's killing our time. But can you see the timer? I can see the timer. <laughs> no, we, the kids would do that. They would take blankets yeah. to the beach and then they'd put them back. Oh my God. It's the only thing the kids ever put away. It's the beach blanket full of sand. So That's yeah, I'd hilarious. like a specific beach blanket. Anyway, we'll put a link in the show notes to some of these cool ideas. And they are cool ideas. They sound goofy. But they really are cool ideas. Yeah. Honestly, just go on Pinterest and type in Canvas DIY projects. You're going to be amazed. Yeah. If you're you're creative and projecty, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. And like I said, we're mentioning them because they're 20% off right now. And besides all these little crafty projects, you can use them for what they're intended for. Yeah, protecting things while you're painting. <laughs> Actually using them on paint projects. And canvas drop cloths, you know, we want to make the argument, why would you do that? Because there are cheaper versions, right? There are cheaper options sure. out there. Plastic, you could, paper. All of that. Why would you go and drop a little more money to get something like a canvas drop cloth? And you do that because they are so much better to work yeah, with. Yeah, really, why wouldn't you? Because the plastic drives me nuts when I'm working on a project. It sticks to my feet, right? So then you're dragging it around. It doesn't stay put at all. It makes the sound the whole time. You can blow it away with like a yeah, heavy just moving, breath. Right? <laughs> just moving past it moves it off the floor. The canvas drop cloths stay down and they're they're absorbent. If you spill, you know, little drops of paint onto there on the plastic, it will stay wet. You can track through it and, and drag defeat it. the entire purpose right, of a drop cloth. All through the house on the canvas, it will soak in a little bit and it's more absorbent in that regard. I love them because they last and last and last. I've got drop cloths that I've used for years. It's kind of fun to break them out. And literally, I know it sounds kind of dumb, but I've got all these little marks on it mm-hmm. that help me remember all my projects from the past. It's a project archive. It is. It's really fun. Canvas drop cloths, definitely check them out. They're on sale. 20% off your price till the end of January if you're a contractor. 
20% off your price. Great way to stock up if you're a DIYer. Check out the 4x15 canvas drop cloth runners. Great size, easy to work with. Perfect size. About 17 bucks. All right, that's all the time we've got. If you want to hear this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.